0: You know, we'd go to all the panels, Mm -hmm. listen to people talk, give lessons, blah, blah, blah. Then Shawnee and I would get ready. He would do his performance that night. We would go network after that. And then we'd come home. And by the time we get back to the Airbnb, he's going to bed. I'm editing. So he has the content in the morning. Do that for a month. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to the Lately Late Podcast with Mace, I'm Mace. <laughs> um, so when I first started this, well, what, after I met you this season, I knew there was one person I wanted to have on here for sure, and it was you. So I kind of hyped you up a little bit on Instagram. Pe- I mean, there's probably people that know who, who it's going to be, like like Ben knows who's it, who it is or who you are. Um, so I'm here with Ben Edwards, like Benjamin Edwards. Is it Benjamin or Ben?
0: So mostly, a lot of people just call me Ben, but I all go right. by since I started in this industry, I usually go
1: by Benjamin now. Okay, all right, sweet, I like it. Yeah. So we met in me- in Mexico, which is crazy. We're from the Maritimes, and we both met in the Mexico or in the Mexico. That's what I'm gonna say the Mexico, um, Tulum, right? So they were saying your your guys that you were here with earlier were saying like how how you got there. So I want to know that. I, I've never. Heard this story, so So, how did you end up there?
0: So, I know that you've been following JC for a while Mm because you were into boudoir, and at the same time, when I started shooting female models, you know, like, I was kind of looking for that inspiration. So, I go on YouTube, and I was looking up for inspiration for boudoir shoots Mm -hmm. and for shoots with females. This was before my first ever shoot, and I stumbled across JC and Vagabond Vlogs. Okay, yeah. So, I liked his creativity, and I really liked how hype he was during his videos and him and his bro, so... I watched JC again and again and again. And I watched most of his episodes on YouTube. And then I was taking a flight. I was it was after I wrapped a TV show, so I was trying to celebrate a bit and let loose cuz I just came off a 6 month show. Yeah. Uh, that I did all summer. So I took a trip with my family to Mexico where I kind of branched off. I was in Cancun. Okay. And I saw that they were doing the Vagabond Vacations. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, you know, it's one of those situations where it's the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of something like you don't want to miss out. So I just DM'd him. I said, hey, I won't be able to make your full schedule because you guys were on the last two days when I actually landed. Okay. So I was like, maybe I can come for one day. So JC and I worked something out, texted me the address to Tulum. I went, I rented this little Volkswagen car and I drove... Like two hours, two and a half hours from Cancun f- through Playa del Carmen all the way to Tulum and just showed up at that villa. Yeah. And I was really just nice like, villa. yeah. And I was shocked. I was just like, so what do I do? And you know how there was like a password for the gate? Yep. So he's like, oh, yeah, just type in this password. Walk in, you know, the Wi-Fi, blah, blah, blah. JC wasn't even there yet. I think he was still like in and his he, room.
1: Yeah, I think he was still sleeping. Yeah. Probably and then I
0: ready. walked in and there was probably, what, seven of you on computers
1: yeah yeah in the in the kitchen yeah
0: in the kitchen all edited photos yeah and I was just like okay I think I'm in the right place yeah and then you brought that up to me that you were from New Brunswick and that instantly that's how we met right then and there
1: it's crazy because like I find if you're somewhere else in the world and you see someone else that's from Canada and it could be just Canada you like it's like an instant connection and you're you you guys are kind of like on the same level which is crazy right because like I know being in Mexico, I never thought I would have met another Canadian, let alone someone from the Maritimes, right? Um, because yeah, in our group chat, JC said that you were coming to the villa to shoot with us the last day, and I was like, okay, well I'm gonna check him out. And then you were from Halifax, and I was like, Man, this is this is awesome. I like this. I think it w- you're in your bio. It said Halifax. I think at the time it probably yeah. did, but no, that's crazy. So just like just to let loose, and then boom. Right place at the right time.
0: Right there to shoot. Because I was just doing street content anyway. Yeah. And like you said, like, when you're from Canada, it sparks, like, oh, you're from Canada. Like, I would go to Cancun. I'd meet someone from Toronto. Yeah. Right? We'd just catch up, whatever. But when it's, like, maritimes, it's kind of like, you're from that bubble. You're from the East Coast. That's way more interesting. Yeah. Especially in photography and video, right? Yeah. To finally meet someone at that place and that time, that's what made it really unique. And Mm -hmm. that's what, like, sparked it pretty much.
1: So now, when you went to, you said you were in Cancun, right? Mm So when you were in Cancun, did you, you reached out to models that were in Cancun?
0: I was reaching out. I reached out to probably like 50
1: models wow. just
0: because I wanted something to do on vacation, right? Because yeah. I would, you know, I'd be there with the family for dinner and stuff, but then I would kind of go out. I mean, I applied to, I was trying to shoot the Coco Bongo okay. with all the club videos I've done. So I was yeah. trying to do the Coco Bongo and then trying to meet models. Some of them were in there. Some of them were in Cancun. Some of them left. Some of them were in Playa del Carmen. Yeah. I met this one, uh, this one Russian, and she was in a place called Puerto Adventuras. That's a cool name. So this place. place is probably an hour from Playa del Carmen, okay. a little bit between where you were and where I was. Yeah. And it was like she was staying at this resort, and it was just a bunch of condos in a gated community That's with a cool. bunch of boats docked. So I met her then and there, and that was probably my f- one of my first like international shoots yeah. with a model. And then we went around. She showed me like the beach and whatnot, and we got a bunch of bunch of pics, and it worked That's out cool. really well. And that was I really vibed with her. She was really cool. So
1: do you find it hard to work with like models from like other places like that, like with the language barrier? Do you find it challenging?
0: That's a good one, because we had to do we had to deal with the language barrier. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. and you're kind of demonstrating how to do like what poses you want. and yeah. like you, you see the sun, you're trying to run there and do that. Uh, I found it a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of just have to for me, it's mostly what's hard is to find the proper setting that I'm looking for. okay, yeah. the proper light, the proper everything. And then with the model, I mean, it depends, like, how experienced, right? Mm -hmm. Because some of the models, they hear the clicks, they strike the pose. It's boom, move, boom, move, boom. They change the poses, which helps you a lot. So the ones that could do that with the language barrier definitely made it easier. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're just trying to best communicate with them. And it's sometimes better if you demonstrate it yeah with them and then you show them the first couple pictures and then you both kind of get into the groove because it's about getting that chemistry with the model that
1: helps create you know a better image and kind of go for what you're getting so do you (laughs) i struggle with this big time um your first like 10 15 photos are usually junk do you like is that like something happens with you or is it just like you know i notice it with my stuff because it's like a warm-up it's like creativity is a muscle Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of work out that muscle to get back into the groove, right? If you haven't shot in a while, which is hard, right? Do you find your first, like, couple photos are usually not what you want?
0: Mostly. My first couple photos, it's mostly because I'm still trying to adjust to the light and Mm -hmm. trying to get my settings proper. And if it is the first shoot of the day with that model, break the ice a little bit yeah because then after that first shot it's just like oh let's run over there the sunlight's go it over the trees into, yeah. when we were at the trees with marja and we we're like let's yes. do the trees let's do the beach right and you kind of just run and then we ended up at the pool and it was the end of the day yeah and we're still shooting at the pool you know like that kind of stuff it's just like the consistency and then like with sabrina we started off with the tree by the bush yeah and then sabrina and i went off and we shot all by the the building and that kind of yeah. like the building with the trees where they were. And we got a bunch of good stuff. Even with Marja with the tree, that big palm tree. Yeah. And then she was in the arc, like the, the doorway. Remember that? The doorway. Yeah. And the, the tree was like shadowing. I think that she
1: was wearing, she had the glitter on. Yes. When we were doing them once. Yes. And it was that light, that direct light was like crazy. It was pretty but good. you had such a shine in the shade too. Like that, that uh, where the swing was. Kind of like where that tree kind of bent up and whatever. And yeah. In there was like, that's like my favorite photo that I've, I've taken in, like, honestly, I think when I had, you had, I can't even talk, when I had your camera and, like, held it and took a photo of me holding it, I think it was like this. Yeah. Yeah, the POV. Yeah, that's, like, my favorite <laughs> photo. Just because, like, the lighting's good, the color's good, the glitter's shiny, like, and the glitter thing was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. And see, for you, you said, like, this was, like, your first time usually, like, well, getting into shooting models, right? Yes. Like, females. Yes. And... To be kind of thrown into that, that area of, that level of boudoir, I guess, mm-hmm. must have been crazy.
0: Yeah, especially when you don't know anybody. Yeah, like you just hop in and you're like,
1: "Whoa, what's this?" Like you know, and um, I can't remember who I, I think I was talking with Sam. I had her on here. She's a uh, content creator and stuff like that. Um, and we were talking about like when I was in Mexico. Um, we were staying at the villa and we were downstairs and like, it was crazy because you have all these like content creators there and you'd be sitting there editing photos and they'd be creating content like five feet away from you. And it's like to go from the way we are here to how they are there is a different world. It's crazy. Like you didn't really get to experience that. Oh, actually I kind of think you did because when we first started, they broke off. There was like content creators Mm -hmm. going this way. And then like the other model stayed here. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you got to experience a little bit, I guess.
0: Well, it was so refreshing. Yeah. It, it was so, you know what? That changed a lot of my perspective when I mm. came home, just because it's just everyone creating content consistently. Yeah. Everyone has ideas, whether the film with phones, the GoPros, cameras. It's just every location we went to, it was about how do we create content at this location. And either some were the music, some was not. And it was just that was so interesting, refreshing that you're with people who are constantly producing. Mm -hmm. Right. And to be a creative and you kind of have blocks. But when you're with people who are constantly producing,
1: it's like you feed off that.
0: You feed off it. It encourages you to do more. And that helped me approach when I came home to kind of shoot a little bit more. Mm It's like to create a little bit more spontaneously on the spot or wherever I am.
1: Yeah. So did you carry on shooting like female models here? Like, do you find it harder to get, um, like when you reach out to models in, in New Brunswick or not New Brunswick, just Maritimes in general, do you find it's harder to like get models that actually want to create good content? like that or like we did in Mexico or do you find it just as easy here I might have word that really weird no thing. no <laughs> it, do it is it more
0: difficult to find models around here yeah. and you probably know this just like I do when you have the proof mm-hmm. like when you have the work on your profile and girls are resharing it and it's been seen around and you're just a professional in person and that yeah. reputation carries it I feel like it makes everything a lot easier the more proof you have. Like, the first couple female shoots might be a little difficult. Yeah. Because obviously, like, they're going to check our, our Instagrams and our socials, our websites, our portfolios to see if we're legit about it, if yeah. we actually know what we're doing and it's not going to – because the last thing you want to do is, like, for it to be a very awkward shoot or do things that might make her feel uneasy, you know, like, anything mm. like that. But I found it much easier. Like, if I go to – when I was, like, in Vancouver – or Montreal, or Toronto, I just can send a message, and if the girls will check the profile, and the models there will check, see what kind of work you've done, and I feel like that's, it helps you a lot moving forward. Yeah,
1: it does, yeah. No, that makes sense. And I've talked about this so many times on on the podcast. Um, Mainly, see, I've always talked about it with the models that I've I've had on the podcast. I've never talked to it with another photographer. So the fact that you've shot, female models before, and, like, you kind of shoot them still or whatever, right? Um, We talk about, like, safety, which is a huge thing, Mm -hmm. and it really is, Um, because I know there was a, like, a year ago, two years ago, there was, like, a bunch of people coming that were getting blasted because how they, I guess, how they did their shoots, I guess, which I think is good, because I think models should talk more, but not just models should talk, but photographers should talk too, because like it goes both ways. There is models out there that you don't want to work with that, or you shouldn't work with because they have a bad reputation of, you know, spreading false things, I guess. But that's why I always have an assistant with me. Like when I shoot kind of, it covers me. And then it's also someone to help. Right. So that, that helps. Um, But yeah, so with i'm trying to think how I was how to word this properly and the thing about this podcast and i talk about it all the time on the podcast is it's super raw like i don't cut none of it out just because i feel like if you cut it out then it's like it's not real you know what i mean like if this is an actual conversation of me thinking 100 trying to you know figure out what i was going to say <laughs> and i'm kind of backtracking so okay i guess we can kind of dive in to you more so like you started with photography first or videography
0: so yeah this one dates back because i i went to film school a long time ago i I mean i got a camera when i was in high school Mm -hmm. i got a camera in high school and i just you know took photos of the friends like what else would you do right i was just we used to play basketball i used to do basketball videos and whatnot um i went to film school to study film to work in the film industry of course and i wanted to become a cinematographer after of course you go through the phase of being, wanting to be a director wanting to be a producer yeah. blah, blah, blah. after all that it's kind of like you know what, i want to be a cinematographer because i just want to shoot right so as that was starting in film school i remember the weekend i turned 19 i started shooting promotions for the clubs the nightclubs okay yeah so i started shooting for if you're from halifax people like uh karate cactus skeeter b like DJ Rewind I started shooting for the DJs and doing promotions for the nightclubs Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like where I started doing photography and videography (laughs) and then from then it kind of gave me a path to kind of follow and just to get better at shooting so when people ask me what do I do it's sometimes tricky to say because it depends who I'm talking to if I'm talking Mm -hmm. to a film person person in the film industry I'll say I want to be a cinematographer yeah just like that right I work in camera department I want to be a cinematographer but when it's out here, I kind of just let whatever, because it's like nowadays the term is just it's used like creator. Yeah. So I guess mostly creator because I, I don't like to limit myself. Yeah. So I think it's important to know how to do stills and video and, you know, whatever's creative. Obviously, yeah. like cinematography is a lot of light in and more technical things. I like watching
1: people that do cinematography. It's crazy. And
0: creative things. You're light in a set. Like, you know, I. have You know, after film school, I did a couple short films and then I worked on some movie sets. But at the same time, like I love in my free time to just work like with to create content for brands, for companies, for people. Right. And I fell into music. I fell into the music industry because music videos were always big growing up. Yeah. And I just started taking stills of stills of artists and whatnot and shows. And that's what really. You know, set me forth on that. And I just love stills. Stills yeah. is like everything to me. Ever since I was little, I would just take pictures of everything, and, and I keep it all. Stuff you've been
1: doing with like the 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 concerts and stuff. Some of them are just like your 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 color is. You can tell when it's a, a Ben photo, like you can. Like it's just it's easy. The the colors there, the, the the can't even think. The compositions there, like the way you shoot is you. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing in the industry is finding that, right?
0: I really like, like the thing I love about concerts is that, you know, you're there in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're just so there in the moment with all these artists. And all these artists have their own story, their own music. The crowd is there. The venue is different. And you can capture a concert in many ways. And the great thing is every creator will capture it in a different way, yeah. in their own way. So... To be able to figure out my own way of docu-style kind of look and trying to capture my own unique angles and whatnot, that has kind of led me towards getting deeper and deeper into the music industry and the showbiz and the concerts. And I'm really happy that, you know, everyone enjoys seeing that because everyone who sees that stuff, they get to relive that moment. Mm-hmm. just like we get to relive it together like remember that night i remember being there i remember yeah. that performance that artist did that one song i loved that song yeah you know when people say that recap and they just appreciate it for what it is i mean that that says a lot to me especially as a creator
1: i like that yeah um a big thing like you were just talking about like having being able to relive that moment right um on my website i, I remember seeing this quote somewhere and i can't remember where i seen it it was like with with photography not as much video but because that's what i do uh it was like photographers are kind of like time travelers right because mm-hmm. we can freeze time for people to kind of relive that memory right and that's on my website because i think when i was a kid and i first started it was like i had a camera and it was always disposable and i just would take photos i would go through disposables like i don't even know i mean like <sighs> probably like four or five of them in a week. You know what I mean? I would just pump them out. And then my gram or my grandfather would have to go get them developed. And at the at a certain point, they were like, okay, well, this is starting to cost, you know, kind of a l- little expensive. You're just shooting photos all the time. I was probably only like, I don't know, six or something like that. I was young when I picked up a camera. But then I left it. And then I got back into it after high school. And I've been doing it since. But no, it's crazy to see other photographers or hear other photographers talk about like how important... It is to the sense of where we like freeze time. You know what I mean? Like that's a memory. You captured a memory. that someone can re- revisit that. You can talk about that. Like your photos that you take, right? Let's say one that you took at uh, the concert that was in Moncton that Brady put on. Yeah. Right? Ben was there. You could show a photo of what you took, and Ben would be like, oh man, I remember that. You know, we were there at the same time. I remember the song that was playing, blah blah blah. You know, all that stuff. And that's, I think that's magical with the stuff you do, and you know, other photographers and stuff like that, right? So you were saying you were you worked on a few movies and stuff like that, right? Um, was it Deadliest Sketch? Is that what you were well helped out with or something like that?
0: The thing with the film industry is that. You're not allowed to really everything you work on, you know. Oh, you're not allowed to say. Cuz producers put a clause in your oh, um, okay. your contract. Okay. There's certain things like I can I can say that the first film I worked on was called Wildhood it's a feature length film. Also worked on Curse of Oak Island season 9. That's that's what I was. And saying. then I worked on um, I just recently worked on From season 2, which I believe is a, it's an MGM productions. I think okay. it's available on i don't want to say hbo but i don't know maybe disney plus i'm not sure um it was a sci-fi but they're different one was like an indie film yeah runaway film coming of age one was a reality show digging for treasure yeah and then one was like kind of like a sci-fi horror narrative whole season so but there's certain projects you can't say just like on set as you can imagine like you're there to do the work mm-hmm. so phones are not allowed yeah and even the actors you know they hold on to the photos they take on set yeah because you can't because you don't want you know either give away the location of the film set that's
1: a big one and you don't
0: want to spoil anything yeah so the producers make it sure that all the crew members don't do that so you can't get away with like a whole part big part of our lives is so secretive yeah because we can't show the world like what what we do for work
1: So I can kind of understand that because recently, I don't know. Well, like (laughs) I'm going to because it's starting to start production this Sunday, so I can kind (laughs) of talk about it. But there's a guy here in town that uh, got a grant through some type of film corporation here in in New Brunswick. Yeah. And this short film will be showed at like, I think it's TIFF. Is that what it is?
0: Toronto Film Fest? Yes. Yeah. So it'll
1: be be showed there, right? And he reached out to me because he knows like, I I know my colors somewhat, like my color grading. So I've been doing a palette for them. Um, I get to help with like um, onset or what's it called? Onset photography. Yes. Onset stills. Yeah. Um, So I get to help out with that kind of stuff. This Sunday we have a meeting, um, but it's a short film, and it's my first time ever being like part of film. I've always thought it was cool, but it's just around here there isn't that many opportunities, right? Like Fredericton is kind of hard to grab traction with that stuff so when he reached out and he was like hey do you want to help i was like freaking right i do and i understand like how you're talking about secretive because he was like okay well you you can't really talk about like anything and i was like all right like i understand like that's cool so like i'm allowed to talk that i'm part of it but i'm not allowed to say nothing about like locations sets or anything like that you know what i mean and you understand that fully because you you live that which is crazy and i didn't know that was like a standard for the film industry where it's like really secretive <laughs> i mean i kind of knew that you weren't allowed to take behind the scene photos and all that stuff but now when you shoot because you're a camera operator cinematographer um do you find that with the change of genre that you've shot do you find it hard to kind of like transition to that style or do you kind of like just do the basic style or do you have like your own little twist you so i'll say
0: two things um so it depends what project Mm -hmm. so what project i'm working on because you know the film world since it's secretive it's it's different so i've dp'd short films uh, music videos and i've dp'd a few other things Mm -hmm. if you go to the bigger movies like the big budget movies um I'm not quite there yet as a DP. So that is like, it's such a great learning opportunity to see how they do it. Mm -hmm. Like there could be films from like 800, like roughly 800,000 budgets to more than a hundred million. Yeah. So obviously on those sets, I'm, I work in the camera department still, but I'm learning underneath operators, cinematographers. Right. And I work kind of like in the camera department. I work as an assistant camera, mostly in those bigger, bigger budgets just for a great place to learn, but I love taking that knowledge and then doing it into my own projects or low budgets. Like if I shoot a $10,000 short, the only thing budget doesn't really factor your creativity. It factors what the script is. So I'll get a script. Some scripts are dark. Some scripts are joyful. Mm -hmm. So depending on how you shoot it, frame it, light it, it depends on the situation. So for example, if we're doing a short film about a protagonist and it's a very dark story, you're going to want to consider your options. So you're going to read that script and you're going to think, you know, maybe it's darker. Maybe it's not, it's maybe a little desaturated. Yeah. Maybe it's all handheld, not smooth, a little bit jittery. Like when you have the handheld and you're breathing, Yeah. maybe it's a little, un- that makes the audience feel unstable. Yeah. So it's literally, it's really about showcasing the audience, that world to the audience and getting them invested in the story. Okay. So like some of them will shoot exterior days and it's very colorful. Mm-hmm. So I do very nice, you know, I'll do a Kodak stock film look. And it's very, like, the greens are there, the oranges, the cast is wearing orange, the cast. And every department contributes to that feeling. Yeah. So, like, the art director is going to design the set a certain way to help you shoot it, mm-hmm. right? Just like if it's, like, the gritty, like, if it's, like, the gritty back alley, that's going to look different than, like, someone picking their kid up, right? From, like, the house, a yeah. warm house on a Christmas day. It's always different, but that's the best thing about, you know, being a cinematographer – It's about having the creativity of knowing how you're going to shoot it and what's the main, you know, what you're trying to give off to your audience. Mm -hmm. And then the technical side of things, which is like knowing gear, what lenses you're going to choose, how you're going to light it. That's a lot different because if you say we shot a a short film last year, I can't say the name, but for example, we were shooting at daytime Mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be nighttime. Okay. In a in a in a kitchen. So I had to black out all the windows to pretend that it's nighttime. Yeah. And I used, you know, I used like six thousand Kelvin, sixty technical terms, sixty five hundred Kelvin lights. Yeah. because um, with the color temp it's more blue. So it gives you that moonlight look. Okay, yeah. And I would blast that through certain windows so it would give off more of like it's like a dusk setting, even though it was like noon in our time
1: okay yeah so
0: those are like the creative choices that you have to make and there's plenty more to it and technical side of things so it's like if we're shooting a car how are you going to rig the camera to the car Mm -hmm. and that's like a technical choice we need this gear we need this and then you put that in the budget and it's all about connecting with the director Mm -hmm. and the director believes in your vision but you're trying to make that vision come to life and connect to the audience through that way if that makes sense, I know oh, that's okay, a really sense, yeah. long answer.
1: <laughs> no, but I like it. I like it though because it gave me some insight on some stuff that yes. I didn't know. Right. Um, so I have some questions on my phone. Kay. I usually don't pick up the questions. Could I adjust? Maybe. Yeah, that go for it. Quick, yeah. Look. For sure. So, so for people listening, um, Ben got some cameras up. He's got some. Uh, he's got. What is this one? a uh, Komodo yeah and uh, then an FX3. An fx3 so yeah so he, if you know where are you going to post these on youtube I don't know. or just like little shorts reels on instagram or yeah because let the let the audience know you know because um i have quite a bit of listeners on this i have people in like moscow uh like belgium all across the states so Maybe you'll be able to grab some some good viewers. You know what I mean? I'm going to bring up my questions, though. Where are they? Right here.
0: That would be great. And here's the thing. Here's something I, I really live by. And it's no matter where I end up, when mm-hmm. I'm like 40, 50, 60, I will have documented everything. I love documentation. It's kind of like when you look at pictures of you when you were a child. Yeah. And you had that phase where you were into skateboarding. Or you had that phase where you were into eSports you know, competitive gaming, yeah. basketball, whatever. Right. I love document things. It's that's why stills I do. I take stills every day just because practice, but stills is just my life. Like I just take stills of everything. I think it's so important for me because I just, I really can look back and just appreciate everything that's happened.
1: So now do you, do you print your photos or are you all like just a digital guy?
0: I've tried to I print a couple. Mm-hmm. I like to print a lot of thumbnails okay. to all the videos I've created just to see like, okay, that one. That's the um, that's the Friends music video I did for Shawnee back in 2022 or whatever. Right. Okay, yeah. I like doing that stuff. But no, I don't. I really keep everything very digital.
1: Yeah. Yeah, see, I just started to print, like, and really, there isn't a lot that I can print because I shoot what I shoot, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to print, you know, a boudoir set and put it in a book and be like, look at this, this is I a put it in then. your <laughs> room and, like, people come home and say, like, yeah, what's going on here? It's like, it's what's this? Like I do have a wall in my office, though, of, like, a bunch of different photos I've done over the, you know, I think four or five years that I started to print, and it looks pretty cool. It's kind of, like, if I start to get frustrated with, like, what I'm doing, I just kind of, like... I can turn around and look at the wall and be like, okay, well, I know why I do it because, you know, some of these are pretty cool. That's good to have, though. It's, like, good to walk
0: into your creative space. Yeah. And be surrounded by, you know, you can be inspired by other people's work, but uh, be inspired by your, your work, too. It's just, mm. They're just, like, milestones.
1: And, see, so, yeah, I have other people's work in there, too. Um, I think two other photographers. Mm-hmm. Not that many photographers <laughs> that kind of, like... I buy prints from and put them in my office. The other ones, like, if I support other artists, it usually goes in my house. But, um, yeah, so I got a few questions. So let's see. Okay, so I got a – this one's, like, a a go-to for, like, all my episodes just because it's important to hear how you view everything you've done and all that stuff. So if you could tell your 13-year-old self, right – in two words no let's say three words let's make it interesting three words you know what they should strive to do more of or focus on or like you know just like motivation right your 13 year old self if you've seen them right now and you could say something to them like what would it be
0: two words
1: you're choosing two words. Three, three words three words hmm
0: Let's do, let's do two words. Let's do t- okay, okay, you got something for two words, right. I would say um, pretty much self-development, which that can mean a lot of things to many different people. But I'll explain that self-development, as in same as it would be, or I could say self-adventure. Okay, yeah. Or d- discover, self-discovery. You said that when you went to Mexico, you went alone. Mm-hmm. What else did that do for you besides upgrading the portfolio?
1: Oh, man. I'm planning, probably not this year, but next year, I'm going to Iceland mm-hmm. by myself. Finally. I'm not scared of it. Finally. You are so excited yeah. about that for so and, long. And JC and them went to Iceland this year mm-hmm. or last year. And I couldn't go because I had an exhibit happen, um, which went really good. Um, but JC and Jonah, Jonah said they, they are going to go back. So next time i see them there i'm being like yo and i'm going so i'm gonna go longer though i want to go for um you know like two two weeks three weeks um mainly because like i feel like i would fit in in iceland <laughs> i i get told that i look very icelandic because <laughs> the, maybe the blonde, blonde hair and the am yeah, bigger because yeah. i guess like vikings are yeah, blonde yeah. hair and big right mm-hmm. um and it's crazy because like i'm and Mi'kmaq which is, is here in, in this territory and Mi'kmaq is like more uh, towards the coast and we have a lot like a lot of first nations in this area have Viking like that's part of us I don't know what like like how I'm mousy. I don't know what that is for Vikings I think it's Icelandic right because that's where they kind of like part of them come from or something like that I'm not too familiar with all that stuff but uh, I'll we have that blood in us too. Um, because when the Vikings would come to like this territory, like what do you do when you're into a new place? Either you fight and kill each other or, you know, you make babies. (laughs) That's what happened. Right. So things like that. Um, but no, yeah, like something like, you know, made me realize that it's not that scary to travel by yourself if you're safe, you know, you do everything right that you're supposed to. It's not bad. So I like that you said, you know, like self self adventure and
0: because here's the thing. I mean, you you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. if you look back at all the all the times you had self doubt, all the obstacles you had to face, mm-hmm. getting started, not having enough money to buy a new camera, even without our in, without being in our industry. Just as you as you developed over time, year after year, as a person, mm-hmm. right? You have some sort of personal goals. And traveling alone. You learn so much traveling alone. It's actually insane. That kind of stuff, man. Like, the exploration, being a curious person, all this stuff is what I would tell my 13-year-old self. I would just say it all. It's just for the next couple years. Obviously, for those young years, you can take a lot of risk and do a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I would just say adventure. The more memories, the more experiences you have creates growth, whether they're good experiences or bad uh, experiences. It's not going to be – life's not going to be a walk in the park. So the more you can learn the more cultures i can learn more people i can meet more backgrounds the more environments i'm forced to shoot in mm-hmm. the more i have to be creative the bad things that happen the, you know the l's i've taken all that stuff contributes to who you will be so think about yourself reverse it if you think to yourself what would 30 year old me what would 30 year old me
1: i don't know how old you are by the way 30 this this year okay 4 year old <laughs> i before 4 year old mace. <laughs> yeah
0: right and, or 4 year old me what Is something they know that I don't, but what's something they would tell you now? I'm proud that you did that. Like, you know,
1: that's yeah, that's
0: what's something forty year old you would say. You know what, Mace? I'm proud that you did that between the age of twenty eight to thirty two. Could be this podcast. You never know.
1: That's true. That's deep. I'm gonna add that to my my questions. I'm trying. You got my brain thinking. Like, I don't know what I would like. Honestly, man, holy fra- I, like I'm really like baffled with that
0: Think about it, think about like the world as a whole, how much of the unknown there is for you, like you don't know where you're gonna be shooting, you don't know what you're gonna be doing in that yeah. long
1: like you know two months, three months from now. So I
0: think about the was. first time you picked up a camera and you didn't know what ISO was compared to where you are now, or think of yeah. think of when you first opened up Photoshop mm-hmm. to now. You can't remember everything in between. You won't remember all the tutorials. Maybe you won't remember <laughs> everything in between. <laughs> I, you're just good know. at a certain point, but you're still not a master at it, yeah. which is what's crazy.
1: Like with Photoshop, it's it's weird because like I know how to do things, but I can't tell you where I learned it. it. No, I just it's just there.
0: It's endless. Like, it's like, everything is just about learning. And you know just like I'd
1: have to, I'm really like baffled. I'm trying to think <laughs> this, like this, you freaking got my brain like <laughs> stirred right up. Honestly, I'd have to say caring about my culture more. Mm. That was a big one because like growing up, I didn't really like, I knew I was, I knew I was native. Yes. It was just that, you know what I mean? Um, so I just had an exhibit happen in October. Um, I saw that, yeah. with uh, it was like based to bring more information towards like missing and murdered indigenous women. And that's something I would tell myself, like it's good. I'm proud that you pushed through cause that was a struggle. Mm. There was so much, like I was interviewed by CTV and CBC and CD- CBC indigenous. And I just told them all the good, right? Like I, like how I got to there and not really the good, I guess told them about the, what it was meant to do. I didn't really, you know, that no one really knows the struggle that was from December of last year to October of, you know, this year. So like, or last year, I guess um, there was just so much to create photos that are very like they're dark because it's a very dark topic. So to create photos that were artistic and educational but didn't step on people's toes is really friggin hard like really hard so but i was told by lots of people like don't worry about stepping on people's toes it's truth you know and truth sometimes is dark especially in a lot of cultures right not just like my culture whatever so i think yeah that's what i would tell myself the fact that i push towards my culture more
0: think about all the emotions you went through mm-hmm. during everything you just told me, the there's transition.
1: There's anger. There's, there's mm-hmm. happiness. There's sadness. What are people
0: gonna think? Yeah. Truth, but truth is dark. But this is what I do. Yeah. And I saw I saw the results, some of the photos. He's like, they were fantastic when you were going to the communities. Mm-hmm. I DM'd you about that because I remember how interesting that was. Yeah. And you got to really, like I said, self exploration. Yeah. You got to explore so much about yourself, man. And, and like I got connect. to
1: meet a lot of people too. Exactly. Like a lot of people that I wouldn't have met. I did it because of photography
0: and think about this some of the people that you encounter think about that like your life is like you're on a journey right Mm -hmm. you're on your own path you know no matter what you're on your own path and you share a moment with those people that you take photos with and learn about and they learn about you Mm -hmm. you cross paths with someone else's journey now some of the people you might cross their path for you know maybe five hours some maybe six years if they become a good friend but at cer- at a certain point in time, those people in your journey together has collided, and maybe that's where you say, looking back at photos that mm-hmm. photo I took during that time period that was mine and their moment to share like yeah. and that's just big part of it but a big part of the self exploration
1: yeah, no, that's true, and you know there's uh there's one that like you you said that one comes to mind is uh so with my culture, regalia is a very sacred thing um. You're not supposed to touch it. If like, if I go up to somebody, I'm not supposed to say, hey, oh, your jingle dress is nice, and grab their mm-hmm. jingles. So when I was in um, Burn Church, it might have been Burn Church, Escanobidich. <laughs> so I think that's Burn Church. Um, one of the people I shot with, had a, their regalia was beautiful, and she got me to hold a piece of it, right? So to me, she trusted me enough. She knew that my attentions there were pure enough that – you know, I'm not giving negative energy to the regalia, right? So the fact that she was so um, able or s- she could see that I had good intentions is crazy. And that's like one that sticks in my head is like, that's a big thing for me, right? Is I look at that photo and I'm like, wow, that's, you know, the day I got to help her out with the regalia. It's something small, but yet it's such a large thing. And another one too is I shot with Shelley Robichaud and there was an eagle that we caught in the back mid-flight way back because there was an island where we shot and i didn't know this that was called eagle island and uh so she was a she's a fancy saw fancy i can't talk fancy shawl dancer so it's like you know they resemble eagles and stuff like that and uh the year before she was really sick and she told me this whole story and um about like how she got her spirit name and it was like something like Eagle something. So the fact that she was getting healthier, her spirit, she was just given a spirit name that was Eagle. Right. And then we captured a photo of her dancing in a regalia, fancy shawl dancer because like an Eagle Hmm. and captured an Eagle, which is like a big thing for, for her. Right. So that photo meant like so much to her and it means a lot to me because I got to deliver that to her. Right. Um, but no, that's... So, I like that that idea. I got that question that you said earlier. I'm just... It's still burning yeah, in my go head. Go
0: ahead, man, for sure. <laughs> Something interesting is that you're talking so much about your culture and it's fascinating. I mean, I just... I I just finished a show. I won't say the name. But we just traveled probably to 22 different communities mm-hmm. from, as you saw, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC. Yeah. That was a that was a, an indigenous show. Okay. It was for... um. Oh, what is it the Indigenous Network for oh, Canada? A- a- APTN. APTN. Yeah, I've yeah. done a couple APTN shows. That's cool. And this one was just like to explore the communities, and like they every day they would show us something cool and unique, mm-hmm. and just like I said, just like doing that for work for the last couple of months, but also learning about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that stuff, but it was just so interesting. And they were every community was beyond inviting and very respectful. Mm-hmm. And we were respectful too. Like if we're walking onto those reservations, I am more than respectable and willing to learn whatever they want to show us. Yeah. And that really grew on me, especially, you know, being in Canada, right? I explored and seen a part of Canada I didn't know. Yeah, But I think I definitely should have known. So that experience alone, I can... You have all the names and you know all the names and whatnot of everything. I don't want to being correct so i won't say what i did but just like like i said every different community would show us different thing and yeah. it would have to do with spirit yeah. spirit beliefs tradition culture was a, so good
1: there's so much that we do as first nations and i, I really can't speak for like like western first nation communities because being this area our teachings and stuff are so different right um like, out west, they do. Like, we have sweat ceremonies. They have sweat ceremonies. Mm-hmm. They do sun dance. We do sun... Well, we don't here. Mi'kmaq do sun dance. Yes. And, like, you're from Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. So, there's... Nova Scotia's covered in Mi'kmaq communities, right? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how much... Like, I find a lot of Canadians don't really realize... How many communities there are actually across Canada? So many. There's a names. Lot, right?
0: So many, and they know each other. Like yeah, like the people are like, oh, you're from Nova Scotia. They knew exactly what community I was from. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly of that. And you know, the people in Vancouver Island knew the ones obviously just above a Vancouver. Yeah, right. Exactly. Say so we were at this community in Alberta. They're like, oh yeah, I know that one. Like, just all that we did. Um, for example, we did one. It was the uh, North Dakota Nation which is like, it covers all the, it covers like, it's one of the biggest, I think nations. I'm not going to say it too much. I don't want to be wrong. See, I, wanna yeah, be I
1: Like I said, I don't really know a lot about like that. the the Western side. Mm-hmm. So like you could say it and it could be right. could be wrong. I'd be like, Oh yeah, no, I know you I mean. want to be respectful. So I won't <laughs> oh, yes, get I it understand. incorrect. That's cool though. And then, um, I feel like I have seen something. I can't remember exactly what it is. It's a memory of like seeing something and it's like very vague. Uh, but there was a movie released and it was something to do with First Nations. And I feel like, did you have, I don't know if you can tell me you had part of it, but, or you shared it. It was from Nova Scotia. Wildhood. Is that what it is? The Runaway Story. Yes.
0: That was the first feature film I ever worked on. I worked on it right out of, during COVID. I worked on it right out of school. So I was, I think I was, I think I was 19. Mm Mm-hmm working on that feature and it was just unbelievable
1: because like, i haven't seen it yet, and i remember seeing it like when it was when it came out is it out yeah is it's it? out it just came out recently like last year sometimes yeah yeah because i remember seeing it and i was like oh that's cool you know like i notice a lot um there's a lot more first nation like indigenous based things happening now right um Maybe it's because like all the residential school stuff or or I don't know, maybe there's more indigenous people being mainstream now. Like, you know, you got reservation dogs that is Mm -hmm. on Disney. They're doing massive, massive stuff. And one of them's from uh, Six Nations, which is Ontario area, which is cool. Um, So maybe it's something to do with that. I don't know, but it's cool to see as like an indigenous person. Yes. It's like, man, that's, that's awesome.
0: It's releasing. It's big, especially when it's like the whole cast is indigenous mm-hmm. directors, indigenous screenwriters, indigenous, it really helps push that. You'll get a true meaningful story out yeah. of whatever the project could be, right? Reality or narrative doesn't matter. It's just, it's the truth, which is what we want. Yeah. And yes, to be able to share more of that, it's has a, it has an impact. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's the kind of stuff that you know film and tv have always been about stories and impacts so that's a big reason for seeing that and you're gonna see a lot more of that coming out soon
1: Mm -hmm. that's exciting it really is and i see it like there's um i always see on facebook where it's like oh looking for indigenous artist or indigenous actor for this position but i gotta be like you know this Mm -hmm. age whatever and it's like well i want to try it but then i'm like i I'm a I'm a white-skinned Indian, pale skin. <laughs> they call me the the great white great white Indian, you know, instead of the great white ninja. Mm-hmm. You might that might be an age gap there. Chris Farley Beverly Hills Ninja. It yeah. might be an age gap. I don't know. Um Are we still yeah, we're good. Okay. So, um How long have you been doing this? Doing what? Like <laughs> uh, just creating.
0: Creating Respectfully, what was that? Um, respectfully, I think I would say three years. Okay, so that's a good length. Yeah, I can't believe it's been three years. Flies right since I started <laughs> shooting and not knowing anything. And now you're at the level you're at. Just through practice, practice, and persistence. But yeah, I guess I would start. I'd say 19. and started shooting nightclubs. I okay. think that was probably the first in film school graduate. I think that was the first like where I started.
1: Okay, so now. Has there been something in that three years that's made you almost quit? Like, get rid of everything. Just done. Like, I I don't want to do this no more.
0: No, that's, that's difficult because I try to avoid quitting. Whatever. I mean, ever since I was young, if there was a passion I picked up, mm-hmm. I would do it. Like, I was really into skateboarding for a bit. I wanted to be a pro skater. You know, I learned all the tricks. You know, I would play games of skate, go to all the skate park contests, blah, blah, blah. Had a fade. Then I realized, you know what? If I skateboard and jump some stair sets and do some handrails, I could get injured. Family wouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that. Then there was times where I wanted to be a competitive gamer, where I was just like, that's before competitive gaming was actually a seven trillion dollar industry. Okay, yeah, it's, it's worth se- it's, It was worth seven trillion in twenty twenty. Yeah. One. and now it's more. But when I first started, you know, that's I was hardcore into it. Like Call of Duty, that was my thing. And I got good at it, but I realized, you know, path of competitive gamer isn't it. Mm-hmm. So I was really looking for that passion and thing I was striving to, and then creating I knew was endless. And, I mean, I grew up during the YouTube phase when YouTube became a thing, okay, yeah. when social media became a thing, and then obviously movies have always been a thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pick an industry where it wouldn't end and there was always going to be things to learn. Mm-hmm. You can't learn it at all. And there was multiple routes to go and you could work at different spots all the time. Yeah. That's what I was looking at. So that's why I kind of stumbled across it. Quit in. You know what? I've done jobs in film where you've had to work really hard. And after five months, you really get tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all dealt with not going to make names, but clients that give us a headache. We do the best we can to make them happy. Of course, obviously. Yeah, But no. I don't I don't like quitting.
1: That's awesome. That's and you know, it's cool to see someone that's that looks for the passion more than like you know, Yeah, uh, I don't know the word I'm thinking of.
0: rewards? Yeah. Or yeah. easy route?
1: Yeah, they look like uh, I can name a bookful. But uh, you know, like we don't like to throw names on No. Here. But um there's People out there that, like, pick up a camera, right? They'll go out and... Nothing against Sony shooters. And, like, I think they're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you shoot Sony, so... Um, but there's guys that just start out that are buying $7,000 cameras, setups. And they're like, I'm a photographer. I'm a pro. It's like, no, you just went out and bought an expensive camera that you don't know how to lo- use. You don't know nothing about composition. You don't know, nothing about, like, ISO. You know, like your F stops, you don't know none of that. I feel that like the best way to get into an industry like photography or videography is start with something that you have to push that camera to create good stuff. Because then you're learning, okay, well now I understand this, how to, how to actually squeeze a good photo out of this T7i or whatever <laughs> So Canon makes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel that's how I kind of look at it in the sense of like, There's a lot of people out there that think it's easy of what what we do. And 15 years of what I've done over the time span I've been doing it, you know, whatever, shows that it's not. (laughs) Because, I mean, the 15 years that I've been doing it, there's been multiple times where I wanted to have been like, "Ah, no. There was one time I sold all my gear, and I was like, I'm just going to take a break of it. You know, and then uh, I'm happy I didn't because – even if I don't do it as a job no more, it's something I'll still do. You know what I mean? Like, I'll still take my camera to family gatherings. I'll still take it to, like, I have friends that message me, hey, I want to do a shoot. You know, can you do it? I'll throw you, know, X amount of money. So, yeah, sure. You know, I'm not going to do it as, like, I'm putting myself out there so much because mm-hmm. I'm starting to pull back from it, kind of. Maybe that's just, like, a little break I have to take. Um, but that's cool to see that you, you push the passion side of it. That's... It's super important too, right? Mm-hmm. Two things about it. Um,
0: for one, in the film industry, like on the shows and stuff, I started and I did pr- probably every department besides mm-hmm. the sound department. Um didn't want to waste their time. I wouldn't be good at that. But I worked as a grunt in the film industry. Mm-hmm. No, one's seen that. no one saw that, but I did. Mm-hmm. I worked like 14 hour days on a film set, 14, 15 hour days on a film set for a year. So I went through all that. I also... Worked a, you know, minimum wage job. Spent all my money on a Canon T6i, mm-hmm. and didn't know anything. Shot auto. Eventually, you know, I would give that to a friend who wanted to shoot, and I didn't charge them for it. I said, "Here's the camera. Mm-hmm. Do what you can do." Because then, I worked at a farmers market, and I upgraded to the Sony A7R III. Just like the first camera, I spent five hundred dollars, all the money I had. Second mm-hmm. camera, I spent five grand, all the money I had at that point. Yeah still making dirt money, and I just started. And at the same time that I just had that camera, I was also doing the grunt work in the film industry. Mm-hmm. So I went through that. It's so important when I see DPs that have done the positions and or DPs that have been on the zero-budget shoots and now that are bigger shoots or the photographers, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's okay. Like I think there's nothing wrong with if you're just naturally gifted yeah. to go far. That's okay. But for my own journey, I have absolutely gone through the worst positions just to get better and build my way up. So yeah. that create that that builds your res- persistence, that builds your, you know, being relentless. Mm-hmm. And that's what it does. And then even like you said, when you think about quitting, here's here's what you should see. You know, if something's not working, try something else. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a point where if there's no white space on your calendar and you wake up every morning and you look in the mirror and you think this is not something I want to do, you need to change all of that. Yeah. Because you should at least wake up and just be like, okay, I'm maybe it's not my favorite gig. I'm going to learn something or I'm going to do better. Mm-hmm. Right? What can I learn from my mistakes? But like I said, if you have no free time, no white space and you hate everything you're doing, you need to change it. And that's called being persistent. And some people just maybe, maybe it's just not for you. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. You can't can't sit there and say, look at musicians. Not all of them, you know, can like get nominated for Grammys, you know, but it's just what they love to do. Yeah. You know, it's even if you were just, even if you want to be a lawyer, if you truly love law and you strive to be the best lawyer you possibly can, that's enough to keep you going. Yeah. But I do see your point completely mm-hmm. I mean personally I've gone do nothing to actually build a kit um so it's all it all depends on the situation I think
1: yeah well like I thought you were older than what you because I'm kind of guessing how old you're everyone
0: right now. I've always been the youngest person like I don't tell people my age yeah if you ask people, I actually don't say my age
1: okay that's cool you know
0: why because even when I started out when I was nineteen and I was trying to like uh, hello, sir. You know, I have shoot for clubs. Can I shoot for your club? Here's my portfolio. I just always loved business and sales. Yeah. So even when I was young, I would never tell my age. And that Be-
1: makes sense. You know, that's how you get the big jobs, right? Because a lot of
0: people just like they just think they just categorize you. If you say like I'm this old, they'll categorize you're you as still like a kid. Oh, you're a yeah. kid. You're gonna goof off on the weekends and stuff. I don't do any of that, so no. I don't like being judged for it. No, that Sa- makes sense. Same thing when you approach a group of older men yeah and you just want to have talks you know if you're a kid they won't take you seriously like so you have like being young i just push to learn yeah but i just try to you know respect that everyone's who they are like and that's why i say i don't tell my age to anyone because people wouldn't believe it
1: that's cool because the only way i the only reason i know your age now is because you said when you started right so i i don't know like it i don't look at it as a negative thing I look at, you know, if you're young and you're doing, like, you obviously put work in. I've seen Mm it. I can see it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, To see someone your age put so much work in is, like, I'm older. So, like, I get, you know, motivated from it. Because, like, man, like, Ben's doing some crazy stuff. Like, it's like, I got to step up my game. You know what I mean? Like, I'm over here. You're, you went to, like, you said out west yeah. you did all this stuff right and i was like man like you're really traveling like you were in montreal no toronto <laughs> recently i don't know low-key were... <laughs> low-key in the
0: last in the last year somehow i've traveled and worked in almost every province yeah see like besides the territories mpi in, in newfoundland
1: yeah so, nobody just... talks about the rocks you know, no <laughs> I, did, sure. <laughs> I did i did moncton with beta moncton yeah.
0: with beta montreal toronto shawnee Um, And then uh, the show I did, Manitoba to BC.
1: Yeah, see, that's crazy. Like, I think that's awesome. And uh, it's cool to see how much talent the Maritimes have, right? Because, like, you see it in the music industry a lot, but you you rarely see it at the level with videography, right, cinematography. Mm. And it's cool to have – there's representation out there, someone in that industry that is, like – I. I think... I
0: don't know. <sighs> There's some insane, like, talent that goes unnoticed that yeah. leave, like, White Trash Tyler, Travis Scott. White Trash Tyler did Travis Scott's video. I met him once. White Trash Tyler, he did all the Travis Scott. He did the Netflix documentary for Travis Scott. And he's from the away. Maritimes? Like, I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah. White In Trash Tyler, way. he's from the Maritimes. And he brought, like, Kylie Jenner to Nova Scotia one time.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So this guy's, like... Yeah.
0: And a new good. guy... Um, Ben Proudfoot, Ben Proudfoot, just won the Oscar this year for best short, best documentary, short documentary, The Queen of Basketball. He's from Nova Scotia. Wow. He won that. If you look at Elliot Page, Mm -hmm. actress, she was 21. She started in, or I think 21, I might be wrong. She started in Inception, Christopher Nolan's Inception with Leo, Tom Hardy. She started that. She's from Nova Scotia. She went to Sacred Heart, which is right downtown. That's those crazy. are just three names. Well, you could go anywhere. You could go into hockey and whatnot like. But yeah. those are people in the this industry. Video like yeah. that just made the leap and it's like so impressive.
1: And it's a scary leap like there's it's like going to Mexico. Like we go back to that, mm-hmm. right? Like that was a scary thing. So like I can only imagine like you know being offered this gig and you being like ex, you know, let's say you're 18 19 year old 20 years old right and you're like this is a big gig it's like but i have to go do this on my own and it's it's a scary leap right um see i was kind of sheltered as a kid so i really didn't get to do a lot i got to do a lot here so i grew up around like race cars and stuff so i was into cars i was always at a racetrack so that was like something to me was like this is cool this is fun whatever right um i was 20 28 27 when i went to to mexico so like to me that was i was 28 because it was last year yes. um to me that was like my first <laughs> i'm going on an adventure you know what i mean like that type whatever um and like you're like i'm just kind of thinking about like <laughs> the stuff you've done and you're, you're you're well i'll be
0: honest with you i was a i was a really shy kid mm. and
1: i was you would never kid.
0: guess that I was so shy until I moved. I was one of those people that made a junior high move. So I was always really shy. I'm mm-hmm. an only child. So that too. I yeah. was like shy alone all the time. You know, so that was a big part of it. But there's some things, sometimes you just got to be like, am I crazy enough? I am I am crazy enough mm-hmm. to do this. And if I'm, even if I'm like completely like, baffled like i don't know what i'm gonna do like i'm so i'm overthinking i have like anxiety whatever but like is this experience gonna change who i am mm-hmm. for the better or the worst good or bad i'm I'm all in yeah like i'll, I'll throw myself in there now like that's awesome. whatever happens happens i'm gonna come out with something there's some times where it's just like i oh, will go home i'm just like okay that, that, that was really weird and then there's times <laughs> i'll be like that was amazing how did that happen the, yeah. the most unorganized night became to this You know, and just when you're forced, like I said, growing up, I was shy. And when you're forced to meet someone, like when Shawnee and I were um, in the UK, completely different culture Mm -hmm. and like trying to network at music festivals in the UK, like that was just like, okay, here we are. Because once you leave that bubble, it's just kind of like you are who you are, Mm -hmm. no matter where you go. And people will always appreciate you for being yourself more than trying to be something you're not.
1: So do you find like... (laughs) So it's just like how you explain that in my head, all I could think of was like, so I'm an adrenaline junkie. So like there's things that I do that I shouldn't be doing because it's very dangerous for me to do it. Um, But just the way you explained it makes me feel like you are slightly an adrenaline junkie. Because you're like, I'm gonna put myself in this situation. Like you're you're nervous of it, and you just go for it. That's a type of adrenaline, you know. Like you're just you're thrown into situations where you're like, I'm gonna either enjoy this or I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, man you you ask you ask my close friends,
0: like those two guys over yeah. here that met you earlier, um, for context. But they know I am like, man. I go through periods where I work. Seven days a week, I'm up all the time. Mm-hmm. They, I get made fun of because I don't sleep much. I get made fun of because I do. Like here, I just drove four hours to come here to meet you, and we're yeah. gonna drive four hours back to Nova Scotia tonight.
1: That's see. Oh, so you came down here just for this? Like that's like
0: just for this because I, I realized we're in Freddie. Yeah, you know, like Brad and Brady Beta Beta are in Moncton, so yeah. it's like, and it's gonna be late by that time. And another artist, like, yeah, no. We came out here for this to meet you, Man, and now we're gonna awesome. go eat after this, yeah. and we're gonna drive back to Nova Scotia another four hours. That's Man, the energy, and I'm I dri- is, I'm the driver.
1: You definitely have some. You definitely have some friggin' adrenaline issues. <laughs> no, not issues, but you you definitely slightly adrenaline. Junkie. Well,
0: think about when you make the content in Mexico. When I'm on, when I'm on tour. When I was on tour with Shawnee, we would you know we. Go to all the panels, Mm -hmm. listen to people talk, give lessons, blah blah blah. Then Shawnee and I would get ready. He would do his performance that night. We would go network after that, and then we'd come home. And by the time we get back to the Airbnb, he's going to bed. I'm editing. Yeah. So he has the content in the morning. Do that for a month. Yeah. Or or do something do something that's like completely new. You're taken by like when you're working in film, everything's quick, 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 Mm -hmm. and you always have to think ahead. That's the best way you can do your job. So all this stuff, it just it is it is adrenaline. And, like, there's some days where it's just, like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's overdrive. There was one time I worked, like, last year. uh, I finally told the director this. Actually, you know what? In Mexico. So, basically, my family was staying in Mexico for a couple more days. I booked a flight home early because I was working on this feature film for this director in Nova Scotia. I flew out of Cancun. I flew into Halifax. My friend picked me up. I got home at 1, 2 a.m. I had to be at set for 7 a.m. in Dartmouth. And I showed up, and no one on the film crew knew I was in Mexico 12 hours ago. Like none of them knew that. <laughs> I finally told the director this year, and they were like, "You came from Mexico for my shoot?" I said, "Of course. I That's wanted dry. to do this, man. That's I dry. wanted to do this for you. I I commit to the whole sh- the yeah. whole movie for you." And they were just like, "What? You flew?" I was like, "Yeah, I was in Mexico. I flew back." There man, was a, you there have a passion. <laughs> right? was a, there was a time this year I was in Paris. Yeah. I took the train home. I took the train back to London, the Eurostar. And I met with that artist. We went out that night. And then we got on the plane the next day to go from Heathrow to Halifax. Same thing like that. So when I got to Halifax, 12 hours ago, I was in London. 24 hours ago, I was in Paris. Stuff happens just like that. It's wow. just that energy. Because think about it. It's like if you have opportunities every day. You might not be able to see it. So I just, I just don't want to miss out. Like something I don't want to say like. I should have done that. Yeah. Or if, if you procrastinate too much, it's kind of like, I'll do it tomorrow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tomorrow will turn into never. Yeah. And I just don't want to think like, oh man, like I should have done that. Which I have. No one's perfect. I have thought of that. I should have done that. I, have done that. I could have done that. But you know, like it's just straightforward. Forward we go.
1: you you just like that's, that's, like, that's pure motivation. Like I feel like people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I need to put this on my headphones and go for go to the gym or i need to take this podcast with me to do something or i'm gonna go do this right now because that's like that's some motivational stuff i hope
0: they do man i hope it i hope it does i hope it pushes you to you know do the things you want to do here's a great quote i heard from a guy named um, jose zaniga he says um do today what others are not willing to do So tomorrow you can do what they can't. Really think about that next time you're thinking about, you know, just like think about that for just a sec. Do the things today. Yeah, The hardest part for most people's journey is just to start. If you want to sell insurance, learn about it. Just start today. If you want to shoot content, just start today. If you want to design websites, just start today.
1: That's how this was for the longest time. Like I just, I wanted to do podcasts for so long. And then I was like, um making excuses right and I was like oh I can't I don't have gear blah 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 so Long and McQuaid because at the at the time like I just bought a car so I didn't have (laughs) money to throw into gear and Long and McQuaid offers like payments right so I went up to Long and McQuaid and I was like hey I need stuff to do a podcast they're like okay well we got this and at the time I only got two mics at that mic and one of these ones they do a good price too right yeah and then like i just i got the gear i went home and i was like well frig i don't know what to do for the podcast i don't know what what i'm going to talk about and then one day i was actually shooting in photos for the the exhibit in uh, mir and i had the gear with me and my buddy cyrus who went with me one of my co-workers for what i do for like my job Uh, I was like, hey, you want to record a podcast episode? He's like, yeah, sure. So we just talked about the day. That first episode just kind of like pushed me over the edge because then I was like, okay, well, I know what I want it to be about. And now um, I'm starting my own network called United Indigenous Mm -hmm. Network. um, And I'm producing a podcast episode or a podcast on there where I ain't going to be the host, but I'm going to be the producer of it. And it's going to be called Bandic Talks. And it's all indigenous-based stuff, right? So going from, like, how you're saying, you know, like, just do it. And that first episode that I did in Miramichi, after a year, year and a half of being like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, kind of just led to all this stuff. Think about, yeah, how it just just pushes you.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not 100% everyone's fault. I mean, today, everyone is robbed day to day. Our focus is robbed mm-hmm. all the stuff that our eyes and our brains are stimulated to every day is a distraction Please, here. maintain your focus yeah do whatever it takes you know what you're not missing much if you really try to maintain your focus I even struggle like you know it's taking me a long time to figure out productivity because mm-hmm. and as creatives it's not just the things we're exposed to our mind sometimes when we have all these creative ideas it's just our mind just can't we can't focus on one thing at a time. We can multitask, yeah, of course, we can multitask, but we can't always just think of one thing at a time and just focus on that. Mm-hmm. So I think a big part of that is just trying to find the time to maintain your focus, because like I said, you're robbed, your focus is robbed from you every day
1: man you got some <laughs> good ones don't you Fake.
0: i'm being the realest need, i can be man you need to write a book that is just like well, i would qu- love to write quotes, a book one day quotes just fill quotes i could say many, so many different quotes and there's i just have such a big vision board and so many people i've watched like go down life and mm-hmm. just like have left great things to pick up on the way
1: mm-hmm. that's awesome um so I'm just looking here. I got some, like I said, I got some questions. Some, that one's cool, but no. I mean, really, a lot of these questions don't work. We could talk forever, man. These questions don't work for you because like, why don't they work? uh, Well, okay. So like I'm reading one of them and it's just like, I can see just from your answers that I've heard. Okay. That it's just like that you're, you're a livid in the moment kind of guy. Mm -hmm. you're not like the whole what really kind of spun it around and made me realize like like i i I know who you are i didn't i don't really know you but like i know you now just from Mm -hmm. one question and do you know what question that was no it was the 13 year old self thing yeah
0: yeah i know i kind of hit you with that one the way
1: you spun it like it's it's in the back of my head but you can tell a lot by somebody by the way they answer certain questions right And I'm a very like well. When I was in high school, I was going to do criminal profiling. That's like what I was striving to do. Um, People are very interesting to me, and I've learned over the years to kind of like like body language, things like that. Like you, you learn a lot, right? Very important skill. Just just observing. Very important skill. Observer. Yeah. Very important. Being like, I get so whatever like with people when I go (laughs) to public places. And yeah, like people I'm with, they're like, man, stop staring. I'm like, I'm not staring. Like, I just, I'm observing. And it's a very like. No way. Do
0: you actually? <laughs> yeah.
1: You ask my friends if I go out? You're just they're like, like why is
0: Ben not talking much? Because I can talk here. Mm-hmm. But they're like, why isn't Ben talking much? And my friend Sean, yeah. are, he's like, he's observing. And they're like, yeah, he's observing. Yeah. I
1: love to just sit there and listen. Well, that's the thing. You can You can learn more by listening Mm -hmm. than you can talking hundred percent and i've i've learned that over the 29 years i've been on this planet you know what i mean um and kind of like off topic but not off topic with that whole like i'm very my mindset's wired differently Mm -hmm. like when i go into a building like probably people will say oh this is it's like fear it's the way you're you're living but it's not it's just how i how i focus right so i'll go in and I'll look at, you know, this might make me sound paranoid. I'll look at exits, things like that. I'm a very, like you, like... you know your space. Yeah. got know the space, man. And I feel like if something never did happen, I know what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? You're thinking, like, the Secret Service. I, honestly, I've been... my I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, I go to a restaurant. My back's always to the wall.
0: Or, I like that.
1: I like that. Or I can see... The main door, and if there's a side door, I can see it. Main door I don't need to see directly because you can tell if someone comes in the main door. it's always always big movement. Side doors, I have to be able to see like physical side door because they're usually smaller. bigger doors. I have an
0: off topic again. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever go, do you ever go out to eat at a, a restaurant not fast food a restaurant? Yeah I don't really I don't eat fast food. or I only go to movie theaters or the cinema alone
1: either the restaurant i do nice Uh, quite a bit yeah you Um, go to the cinema alone i can't say i have okay well that's fine you've gone to the
0: restaurant but both those i swear if you go alone it'll change your life because you can fully just enjoy your environment and enjoy being present that's where you can be most present Mm -hmm. i mean are you gonna sit there on your phone when you're in the theaters or when you're at a restaurant in the
1: middle of eating alone? Probably not. Not yeah. all the time. Maybe a restaurant when you're waiting, but I, I try to stay off my phone as much. Like mm. I'm not very like pulled to it. It's the only time I'm pulled to it is in the morning when I wake up for probably three hours. And going to bed. <laughs> I've been trying this new thing. So nine thirty, I put my phone away. I don't touch it. Nice. Until I wake up. I've been trying this new thing also, but it doesn't work. In the morning when I first wake up, I wake up and I'm up. Because what it is, is our brains are very like, if we wake up, go use the washroom, come back, go back to bed. Our body starts a second sleep cycle because we're closing and shutting down again. Sleep cycles take two to three hours. So when you wake up that second time in the middle of your sleep cycle, you're tired. You ever notice how you're not tired that first time you wake up to use the washroom? But you're tired when you wake up the second time after you hit Yes. on your alarm yes it's a mental thing right and uh there's a lot of little things that i've been trying just to kind of better myself um take care of myself more like i, I don't know if you seen or heard i was uh, stabbed <laughs> uh on new year's were you yeah like what like legit uh well i <laughs> i say stabbed but i was taking a po- a knife out of my pocket to put in my pants pocket and, and oh you I got your stabbed you got, myself you got yourself yeah. Oh my God, man! I thought. Like, well, I, thought I was in the really hospital, like lost two quarts dude. of blood. Um, I almost died. Uh, I was this close to my liver. Um, oh Jesus, man! It takes two and two and a half inches to kill somebody, and my knife was three inches, and it went into the hilt, the hilt, like all the way. The knife that I I had was like a s- super expensive knife. Um, you would think stabbing some like skin or something would be resistance, but it was like. Like butter.
0: Oh, Jesus. Man. So
1: that happened. And I think after that, like, uh, like I've almost died three times in my, my life. In the last, in my 20s. Like, I had a blood clot when I was younger, like 22, 23. Had a, a DVT and then a PE, which is, you know, mm-hmm. you could die from whatever. And then I flipped a four-wheeler and landed on my ankle, broke my ankle. Was on blood thinners, so I could have died because of that. Didn't get to go to Kiev. Ended up going to Mexico but that happened for a reason cuz i got to meet you right and i got to experience mexico cuz i feel like mexico was more enjoyable than mexico, kiev would have been and
0: mexico is amazing did yeah. you feel uh in those near death experiences did you see your, is it true did did you see your your whole life flash i've been in once only once i've been in a near death situation like that i'm going to say the and everything flashed
1: so like the four wheeler one i knew i just broke my ankle cuz i could feel it the blood clot one um it didn't really hit me until like two, three weeks later. And then the one with the stabbing, I was trying to keep myself calm as I could before, like, cause I stabbed it. It happened. Like I was like, Oh, I just poked myself. So I pulled the knife out. I thought it was just a prick. Right. But I pulled, I put the knife in my pocket. I was like, man, my shirt's wet. So I picked my shirt up and I hit an artery. Right. So the blood was like pumping out. And I was like, Oh dang. Like I hit, like that's dangerous. (laughs) So my friend called an ambulance and uh I lost a quart of blood there and then a quart they pumped out at the hospital. So within 45 minutes I was bleeding. My bud, my bloody clot, my body clotted up on its own like it's supposed to. Um but uh, it's the after that I start to think okay like I really think okay well frig this could have happened if I would have, you know, like I'm a very after the fact type person. I didn't really have like the whole woof. You know what I mean like oh dang, I'm about to die because it was like subtle like I'm I'm almost about to die. <laughs> Cuz on the time I almost died with the stabbing was on the the OR bed because like surgery for 3 hours. <laughs> right? Um but I, I guess I, have. I guess there's a difference between like near death and like
0: mm. near instant. Like yeah. I almost got hit by an F150. Crossing the road, and it just like
1: if yeah, it was really that quick, would be like you could see it coming, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, that was like it would have been instant, yeah.
0: So that was the only time where I had a flash for a moment,
1: and then you're like, okay, well, um you know, you start to live different, yeah, right? and you're um,
0: shocked after for about
1: a half an hour, and you're just like yeah, walking, and you're, and you're like, just thinking sh- non stop, right? Yeah, um, I had uh, a buddy on here recently, and we talked about you know, just <laughs> our minds and how how we think and stuff and we were talking about this whole like you know being almost dying and how much you change um and the topic of like going to the gym came up right and so like i've been when i was in middle school high school i was i was fit i was still big but i was fit and uh i've never used headphones in the gym wow and he looked at me and he said you know like we were talking about not using headphones and stuff i was like does that make me (laughs) does it make me psychotic like, because people look at that as like, where does your motivation come from, right? Like, I find when I'm working out, it's like, I'm, I'm there. You know what I mean? Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm. I I don't want to say in my own head because that makes it sound a little whatever. But you're present. And you know what you're doing. You're not letting anything fog you up, you know, you're not thinking about, oh, what am I gonna do after I go here or leave here? Whatever, right? Um But I think like almost dying changed me. So do you feel like when you know that almost happened that, that happened to you, did you feel like you kind of steered away from a certain thing in your life? Or did you I
0: was very young. I was pretty when I say young, I mean I was very young, I was a teenager, but mm-hmm. I was like a little bit. I mean, that was like grade freshman year of high school. So a little bit. I wasn't the best. I wasn't like the best kid growing up. Mm-hmm. But um, a little bit. The way I perceived myself and kept going on. But it was just it almost. It was just.
1: Pff, flash. Makes you realize how fast it can happen. <coughs> yes, it's for legit sure. Like this, and you know, growing up, I was always like, pff, like I'm gonna see it coming. I stabbed myself, could have died, I didn't see it coming. It made me a lot more, I guess, cautious. Yeah.
0: Around the situations I know could be bad. Like if you're walking by a train track and like
1: Pay attention. Yeah, pay attention. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Right? Just yeah, think no, a little bit sense. more. Um What we got there? All right. So um why is that on here? I didn't leave that on here. Anything you wanna add? Like I know, uh, you have a few channels, or a few like social medias that you have that you're like this, like with the cameras, right? Like, um, you said you were you wanted to get into like little vlogs and stuff, right? So,
0: well, you know, I've had uh, people see the stuff. I'm on, I'm on all the socials. I I just do it. Everything Ben Bedwards, obviously, on all the socials. But it's not just that, it's just people see the work, but people only see, believe it, I don't know if people believe me or not, but I probably post probably like 5-10% of everything I actually shoot, which is interesting. You yeah. know, I document things, but I also do a lot, I produce a lot of work that never gets seen um, for many different clients at once, or artists, or myself, and... um. But i think it's important to finally like showcase i feel like when you reach a certain point and you can showcase like this is where i was Mm -hmm. now like this is what i'm trying to do and being genuine about it i don't know it could just be a a change of tempo i'm thinking but those my friends like my crew that we've done a lot of projects for we've done projects with rebel t6i yeah music video all the way to using a red and focus pulling and everything so even for them to see the progress, mm-hmm. that's what it's about—the progress. But I do try to share and try to be a little bit more open as much as I can, just because like I want people to just know that you know it—it's—it's it's your personal, it's your whatever you create, it's personal to you, mm-hmm. and you're trying to connect to them with that. So I think that's really important because everything, a lot of things are really vague nowadays. Yeah, and mysterious. Which myster- mystery is fine, but. I think it's important for people to feel connected with you. So I'm I'm kind of trying, you know, I've been such a, on a grind for so long. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to be a little more open, if you know what I mean.
1: I do, yeah. And I get that. And I like that you, you bring your, like, your friends along with you. Love them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's a, that's a big move in this type of industry, right? Is like, obviously you're growing and you're doing, you know, you're, you're moving in the right direction with what you want to do, but you're not just doing it by yourself. You you have like th- this whole support behind you, right? Which is awesome to see and I like that. Um but uh so they can follow you on Ben Edwards.
0: Ben B. Edwards. Okay. So think of it as just Ben, the letter B and then Edwards. Okay. Um, on everything.
1: On all the social platforms. Every
0: platform there's out there. It's just like Ben the, B. That's Edwards. Simple. Very simple. Very simple.
1: Definitely go check his stuff out. Uh, like I said, like we met in Mexico and like since then, like I've just seen your stuff and it's crazy. It's crazy to think that we met there. Shout out to JC and Jonah for holding such an event where people, you know, can network. And and it's just, it's mind boggling to, to think that, you know, <laughs> out of all the places we could have been, Tulum, Mexico, December, what was it like? 10th 11th or something like that you were in Mexico I was in Mexico you just happened to see you know that they were there you were like I'm gonna go check it out boom we we got acquainted and here we are about a year later on a podcast that was just a thought back then hmm so take that leap forward whatever yeah. you do and
0: part of that me and each other was that self-exploration yeah self-discovery we were both doing our own self-discovery traveling and then the exploration part came When we met each other, and we both were shooting something a little bit different. Yeah, and yeah, shout out to JC and Jonah. I mean, they were so humble. Thank, and they're so thankful for them letting me come. And you know, thank, thank you to all the creators out there who do what you do, because this world, as Steven Soderbergh once said at the Oscars, this world would be unlivable without art. So continue making whatever is personal to you, and just strive your best to get better every day step-by-step step you get ahead but not necessarily fast sprints as charlie munger once said and thank you so much Maze. it's great to catch nice. up with you and see all the things that
1: you're doing and i'm glad we have this connection mm-hmm. that was a, that was a crazy i like that that was that was good i never have all these like really good like you know like endings it's usually like just thanks guys for listening blah, blah, <laughs> blah. you know what i mean but that was i like that that was awesome well thanks ben for being on here i really appreciate you taking the hike down from friggin' Nova Scotia, you know, what I mean, that's like a, that's a, I don't know, that's crazy right there, that's going to be like, I think, I know, and I'm glad that I didn't tell people who was going to be on this episode, um, obviously, I'm going to post something after, uh, so they know what's coming, because I feel like this episode is going to be pretty freaking good, um, because you have lots to say, and, you know, like, I feel like, a lot more people got to hear what you got to say because it's crazy stuff. But uh, definitely follow all the socials uh, for myself and Ben. Mine's Mason, in real life, obviously, across all the boards. And Ben's is Ben B. Edwards. There we go. Easy peasy. Um, go show him some love. Thanks, guys, for listening. And you guys have a awesome week if you're listening to this on a Monday. And, uh, if you're not listening to on a Monday, um, start listening to it on Monday because it's better when it first comes out. (laughs) See you guys.